You're listening to the Redeemed Podcast, where we talk about all things redeemed. Hi guys, this is Brian. And I'm Josh. And you're listening to the Redeemed Podcast. And uh, today we're going to start out by examining a document called the Chicago Statement of Biblical Inerrancy. Um, which is a lot of big words, but we know what some of those mean. Like Chicago, I guess we know that one for sure. <laughs> yep. um, but basically, it's a there was a group of guys in 1978 that got together. There was like 300 um, noted scholars and Bible teachers and pastors. Um, some of those are James Boyce, Norman Geisler, Carl Henry, J.I. Packer, Francis Schaeffer, and R.C. Sproul. So these are some trustworthy names um, in the kingdom. And they got together for three days in Chicago and talked about um, what it is exactly that Christians believe about the Bible, uh, what kind of authority we give it in our lives. Um, and so they came up with like uh, 19, 19 yep. different articles of affirmation and denial that we're going to start by taking a look at here. So, And I, and I think what's uh, also important to note is just uh, how they established... Right off the bat, if you you get the chance to read their ex, uh, this document with the exposition of just how Bible based they believed the the church as the body of Christ should be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely, because um, the Word of God and the authority of it has always really been under attack, even starting. Just from the garden, like the right. serpent was like, well, did God really say? And so right. yeah. uh, God's word and the authority of it have always been under attack. So even more in these days, we see like yeah. people really are, you know, biblical illiteracy is super high. And mm-hmm. then even if we know what it says, we're just kind of doubtful that that's what it really means. So Right. Um, yeah, and in, even in their preface, um, you know, they say, uh, let me find it here real quick. It says, Yet we rejoice in the deepening of our own convictions through our discussions together, and we pray that the statement we have signed may be used to to the glory of our God towards a new reformation of the church and its faith, life, and mission. Mm-hmm. So even in 78, we can see that there was still a need for some sort of reformation mm-hmm. away from the false teachings that were going on yeah. and, and always have and always will. Yeah, definitely. And that was almost 50 years ago. Right. So And we're still faced with <laughs> the same problems. Today. Yeah. Yeah, so so the problem is nothing new, um, but the authority of God's word is also nothing new. So right. uh, what the church needs to do is to rediscover the treasure trove that we have in Scripture. Mm-hmm. So um, if that's all that we have to say on the preface. Yeah. Then, okay, all right. So here's Article 1 in the Biblical um, Inerrancy Statement. It says, We affirm that the Holy Scriptures are to be received as the authoritative word of God, and we deny that the scriptures receive their authority from the church, tradition, or any other human source. What do you think about that? Well, I think, I think obviously it's important directly to just go towards the Bible. So if we start at 2 Timothy three sixteen and 17, and we believe that the Bible is true like we do, mm-hmm. right? We'll read that real quick. It says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works, or thoroughly equipped. Yeah, yeah. And I think what's important to realize is that 
if we're going to believe that the scripture is an authoritative word of God, we have to know where the originator is, mm-hmm. which is God itself, God himself. Yeah. Amen. And we can read that right there, that scripture itself, God and God breathes scripture mm-hmm. is all we need, you know, to, to use and apply it for our ministry and our everyday life. Yeah. That's all, that's all we need and if that doesn't show the authoritativeness oh yeah i mean <laughs> yeah absolutely i mean script the word he uses theonoustos like mm-hmm. it's literally god breathed right. so when we open god's word we should be coming to it understanding that like this came out of god's mouth this is right. this is god speaking to us yep. like so you know once we rightly understand any passage of scripture if to disbelieve or to disobey it is to disbelieve or to disobey God himself. So right. That's the highest authority. That's the standard of truth is mm-hmm. God's word. So that's a good verse for that one. Well, um, yeah, and even, even coming from the originator, so Second mm-hmm. Peter one twenty one says, For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved yep. by the Holy Ghost. Yep, exactly. So that's also... Something that I've heard is, you know, well, there's, you know, over 40 writers of the Bible. Well, mm-hmm. absolutely, but there's one originator yeah. of what they wrote. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's the author behind the authors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which, is, I mean, that's one of the incredible things, too, is to read through the Bible and to see the continuity right. of all those different human authors over all those years and to mm-hmm. say, like, wow, they never once contradict <laughs> themselves or anything. Right. So uh, that's a miracle, well, yeah, and there's only one way that that's possible. Yeah. Because even, even us talking, you know, you find yourself, you know, stepping out, you yeah. know, stepping over what you're trying to say. Yeah. So it's literally impossible unless they were moved by the Holy exactly. Ghost. Exactly. Writing exactly what God was inspiring them to write. Yeah, exactly. Because I could write something and like two pages later mess up and uh-huh. contradict myself and, well, and God never did that. And a good way is even some of these uh, great evangel- uh, uh, evangelists that sign this document if you listen to some of their sermons when they first started mm-hmm. you know till 60 years into their ministry yeah you're gonna see how much they've grown and changed yeah. but at the same time you'll never see that with god's word because right. it's impossible yeah right? totally <laughs> it's, it's totally. perfect praise god yep um okay so you want to look at that denial the first denial yep article one the first denial uh, we deny that the scriptures receive their authority from the church tradition or any other human source so uh that kind of comes against like the catholic church who would say yeah, like absolutely. you have to be a priest mm-hmm. in order to read this and in, in order for it to have authority right whereas it doesn't matter who reads it it's god's word right so that's yep. awesome that's incredibly liberating for us as uh like husbands and fathers yep. i can read the bible to my family and it's god's word yep and it's no different than if your pastor was reading the same thing. Yeah. You know, I mean, God's word is going to be the same across the board. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Praise yeah. God for Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Okay. Um, so then you want to look at Article 2? Yep. And just anyone who's listening to this, just know you can do a quick search online and you can find the Chicago Statement on Biblical Inerrancy and you can look through all of these for yourself. You can, you can even print out a hard copy like... Yep. Josh and I did. So article number two says, we affirm that the scriptures are the supreme written norm by which God binds the conscience and that the authority of the church is subordinate to that of scripture. Uh, 
Let's look at that before we look at the denial. <laughs> yep. That's a lot to go over. It is. What do you have? You have a verse for that one? I got verses for a lot of these. You got verses. <laughs> Good. So I think, well, my opinion, when it comes to all of this, obviously we're seeing inerrancy is the main topic. Right. How can we trust that the Word of God mm -hmm. is, in fact, the Word of God? Mm -hmm. Because unfortunately in this day and age, we're seeing so many even, as they call them, Bible-believing religions right. that are anything but. Yeah, totally. <laughs> you know, unfortunately, even today, I'm not going to give any names out, um, but my wife was uh, going through the uh, depths of Facebook, right? Oh, yeah. And there was a post by someone that said, when you die, God isn't going to ask you about someone else. He won't ask you about the two men down the street who got married. He won't ask you about the girl who had an abortion. He won't ask you about the atheist that lives on the corner. He won't ask you about the woman who feels more comfortable as a man. He will ask you how you love those people as he called you to do, and some of you didn't. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's incredible that there's so many, you know, quote-unquote Bible-believing Christians or religions or cults, as I like to put them, mm -hmm. that are anything but you know, like this way of thinking is so popular nowadays yeah. that they're just taking the authoritative, the authoritativeness of the scripture away yeah. and conforming it to how can we make this easier for our lives, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I mean, when you look at John seventeen seventeen, right? It's sanctify them by thy truth. Thy word is truth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's telling you right there what we have is the, is the absolute truth, you know, and I go on these little tangents, you know, like a lot of people say, I know my truth. Yeah. Well, there's right. no my truth. It's no. either truth or not. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So we're so fortunate to have God's word. Exactly. And to know, like, this is what is true. Uh -huh. We don't have to stumble around guessing, trying to figure out what's right in this world. Right. Exactly. Um, so those scriptures are what this article says, bind the conscience. And mm -hmm. like what I thought of was Hebrews 4.12 says, for the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joint and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Mm -hmm. So there's plenty of times where like, you'll be reading God's word and he uses it to bind your conscience. Right. You know, you're like, oh, wow, I didn't know that that dishonored the Lord. Right. But now I do because I came across it in God's yep. word. So, And then you get into the biggest thing of all and just repentance you know yep and that's and that's what's so amazing of having a forgiving god yeah amen. is, is amen. when we do have these uh epitomes if you will mm -hmm. it's like wow it's not too late yeah you know yeah. god is you know quick to forgive us yeah totally and we wouldn't know that if it wasn't for scripture exactly <laughs> like, and the truth of it yeah yeah you know? exactly so thank god for his word man yeah absolutely um, okay, the denial of Article 2 is that we deny that church creeds, councils, or declarations have authority greater than or equal to the authority of the Bible. That's a pretty big one. It is huge. And um, unfortunate, well, not unfortunately, I think it's a good thing that churches do have some sort of constitutions yeah, or totally. uh, statements of faith that they Absolutely. run by. But like this is saying, that there should never be any sort of church writings that should supersede the truth of the Bible. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, I mean, I think that's more commonly seen than we realize. 
Yeah. You know, with all the catechisms that other churches yeah. will put together and Yeah, definitely. You know, and a lot of those can be helpful when they're Absolutely. just teaching biblical truth. But like a lot of Protestants and reformers gave their life for making statements like this against mm -hmm. the Roman Church, right. like uh, because they wanted power. Yep, they wanted authority. Absolutely. Uh, Matthew fifteen nineteen. Let me look at that real fast. Matthew fifteen, uh, verse nineteen. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's not right. I wrote it down wrong. But what I was thinking of was um, Jesus uh, rebuked people for teaching as uh, God's word the commands of men. Right. So, like, we, we come up with our teaching and then we elevate it to the same height as God's word. Right. Um, and these guys are here saying, no, that's not right. Well, yeah, and real quick, uh, Proverbs 30, verses 5 and 6, right? Uh-huh. It is, uh, every word of God is pure. He's a shield unto them that put their trust in him. Do not add to his words, lest he rebuke you, and you yeah. be found a liar. Yeah. I, for me, that verse has always carried weight. Oh, yeah. Because there are so many people um, in churches and religions and cults, like we were saying, that just keep adding. Well, yeah. You know, and a, a common word we use nowadays is the legalism. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. If you do this, that's a sin. Well, that's not necessarily always the case. Right? Yeah. Right. But when you have such a promise that you're going to be found a liar and a warning, yeah, that is terrifying. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that just shows how careful we need to be, because if if we truly believe and know that this scripture we have is truth, changing that should terrify people. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Definitely. It should. And here we've got, uh, you know, certain cults today that still have a living prophet right. who makes a declaration and like, okay, now that's, that's it. Right. Now they use that as authoritative. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's no, there's nothing new. There's no new like normative revelation. Right. Uh, so, all right. Let's look at article three. Article three says we affirm that the written word in its entirety is revelation given by God. I've got written down Second Peter one twenty one, which I think actually you already yep. you already mentioned that. Second uh, Peter one twenty one. And actually, verse 20, knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. For prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. So the written word in its entirety is revelation given by God. Not like it wasn't mixed with men. Right. It, God maintained its purity as it came through. Yep. Um, we deny that the Bible is merely a witness to revelation or only becomes revelation in encounter or depends on the responses of men for its validity. That's a big one there. Like it God's is. word is God's word, whether you accept it or not. Exactly. And unfortunately, I mean, if this were the case, that denial were the case, no revelation would be true. Because mm -hmm. most of this isn't going to be validated until certain times, right? Right. I mean, you try to validate the book of revelation itself yeah it may it, a lot of it doesn't make sense right. to a human mind right. right now you know so i mean if if we went off the validation of men i mean we could then 
say that this isn't the inspired word of God. Yeah. This isn't the truth. Yeah, right. You know? I think it's also important in there because he says that the Bible, we deny that the Bible is merely a witness to Revelation. Right. So maybe one of the guys standing there listening to Jesus talk writes down the Word of God, but now it's not the Word of God exactly. anymore. And so we deny that. Right. The written Word of God um, is the Word of God. Mm-hmm. So yep. it's trustworthy. Okay. Article, Article 4. We affirm that God, who made mankind in his image, has used language as a means of revelation. Mm-hmm. That's good. It was always God's plan to communicate with us via language. Right. Like, God, God has the capability to communicate, and he mm-hmm. made us in his image yep. as people able to communicate. So um, this is important because in that denial of that same one, they say, we deny that human language is so limited by our creatureliness that it is rendered inadequate as a vehicle for divine revelation. We further deny that the corruption of human culture and language through sin has thwarted God's work of inspiration. Have you ever heard anyone say that? Like, well, we're just people. So, like, there's no way that God can reach down to us and communicate. Right. Um, And yet we were made in his image. So Yeah. And, I mean, if anything, we live in a time right now that we are so blessed that we arguably have more uh, access to understanding than ever. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, we have... thousand, two thousand plus years of people doing the work for us. Yeah. You know, I mean... I don't got to learn Greek off the top of my head in order to look it up and, and learn it, you know? So, yeah, so the argument, <laughs> you know, the argument that, you know, that God's not going to, you know, make this clear to us. I mean, you look around and see any study material you have. And I mean, it should be clear that God is yeah. making it. I mean, it's not like God's trying to keep this, you know, right. his truth a secret. Right. He wants us all to accept. Yeah. You know? Yeah, totally. <clears throat> um, so then this also... This article, article number four, is probably more relevant today than it was in 1978 because now we're in what's called like postmodernism, where mm-hmm. nothing really means anything. Like right. your truth is your truth, and exactly. when I use this word, it means this to me. But right. you can use that word however you want. Like, right. uh, no, like, and that's yeah. I'm I'm glad you pointed that out because Bible studies, even that I've attended. Too many times you see, well, my interpretation of this is... Right, right. Well, your, your interpretation should be the Word of God. You know, how God intended it to be interpreted. Yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. How God revealed it. Yeah, and so we can rest assured, even as sinful, fallen creatures, that God can still communicate to us through His inspired and written Word. Right. So, yep. okay, Article 5... They say, we affirm that God's revelation within the Holy Scriptures was progressive. Mm-hmm. Or in other words, we didn't get the entire Bible all at once. Right. Like, yep. It didn't just yep. fall out of the sky. Exactly. Uh, but we deny that later revelation, which may fulfill earlier revelation, ever corrects or contradicts it. We further deny that any normative revelation has been given since the completion of the New Testament writings. So that's important because a lot of... Um, uh, different like religious groups today, uh, their prophet or their leader can give a new decree and have it override something that was said before. Right. That's like in uh, Muslims, 
you know, whoever the next guy is, he can override something that the other prophet said. Right. Same thing with uh, LDS. Yep. And if that were the case, then it takes away, you know, Second Timothy three sixteen mm-hmm. and seventeen, where the scripture is profitable for yeah. our everyday life. Yeah. And if that was the case, that a, a newer revelation from uh-huh. Joe Blow on the street contradicts or overrides that, then obviously it's not profitable for correction for instruction. Yeah, you know, I yeah, mean, right. Because there's no certainty to exactly. it anymore. Well, right. I don't know if the next guy's going to come and exactly. tell me the opposite thing. Then why should I listen to you? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, in Hebrews, uh, in the book of Hebrews, chapter one, verse one, he says that. How did I get there? Yeah. God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son. Mm -hmm. So that right there affirms that God used to communicate through the prophets, who then wrote down the very words of God, uh, but now that there is a transition that occurred when Jesus came. But I I appreciate that because it doesn't uh, nullify the Old Testament writings, especially that one... uh, you know, all of God's words are, all of scriptures God breathed yep. and profitable for us. So the modern idea like that we need to unhitch from the Old Testament, mm-hmm. well, that's wrong. It still is God's word. Right. We might not be under the Old Covenant, but this is still God's revelation to Absolutely. his people. Yep. Um, Jesus also affirms that when he says that he didn't come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. Mm-hmm. He didn't say, ah, yeah, just forget all that stuff that I, that you used to hear. Right. Like, so. Yep. Well, yeah, I mean, even Hebrews 12, we uh, read about the cloud of witnesses that we have, you know, using the patriarchs as an example of living by faith. Uh-huh. So I think that's, that's an unbelievably important article that they came up with. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, so then uh, let's look at article number six. It says, uh, we affirm that the whole of Scripture and all its parts, down to the very words of the original, were given by divine inspiration. Um, all of its parts, even down to the very words. I think that's awesome because uh, in Romans, Paul even makes an argument based on one letter. He says mm-hmm. that the promise was to Abraham's not to his seeds, yep. but to his seed. So, like, do we take the Word of God that seriously? Like, down right. to the very letter? And something, a, a good example that I ran into a couple years back, I was talking, uh, you know, the uh, salvation message to someone yeah, who claims to be a believer, and they were saying, uh, for Romans, what is it, 623? Hold on one second. Romans six twenty three. Mm-hmm. Got it. Hold on, might be three twenty three. Oh. Yeah. So it says, uh, "For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God." Yeah. And uh, they were Catholic. Uh huh. And Catholics believe that Mary was a sin. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. And I was talking to him about that, and I was like, well, how do you argue that? Or, you know, there are none that seek after righteousness, no, not one. Yeah. 
you know, and, and their, their thought process is, well, if we look out in our backyard, we can say it's all covered in snow. Mm-hmm. You don't see under that little leaf that there's no snow under there. And that was kind of their argument. Well, I said, well, right. now we can't take the Bible literally. Yeah. And we can't say that we believe that it's true. Yeah, you know? right. Man, those people, that's a very acrobatic defense. It, it is. <laughs> but at the same time, it's its incredible to see that this is what people are coming up with yeah. to fit their religion. They're trying to make the Bible fit what they believe yeah. instead of believing the truth of the Bible. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I think it's a very dangerous line to walk you know oh, yeah. as we were reading in proverbs 30 you know mm-hmm. you're going to be found a liar yeah <laughs> that's a t- yeah i mean that's a terrifying thought in my opinion it is it is so then uh, he says that we deny that the inspiration of scripture can rightly be affirmed of the whole without the parts or some of the parts but not the whole the psalmist says that the sum of thy word is truth mm-hmm. so like there's no part that doesn't fit and there's no part that is more important or less important than exactly. another part, but as a whole, as a as a as a real organic whole, right. as truth. Yeah, um, and once you try to disprove the small part, then you can't believe any of it. Yeah, yeah. And once again, we're back at square one, where we don't believe that it's true. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, I think that's also important because nowadays there's kind of like I guess they call themselves like red letter Christians, mm-hmm. like the words of Jesus are somehow more important than what Paul said. Right. You know, the inspired words of Paul or Peter or Moses yep. take kind of like second chair to the red letters. Right. Um, and that's not what Scripture teaches right. us. As, as if it's not from the same authority yeah. figure of God. Yeah, exactly. You know? So there's no like second tier of uh, authority or inerrancy in Scripture. So Right. <clears throat> is that our... I think we're I think we're just about out of our uh, thirty minutes. All right. Well, um, you guys, this is just a start. That's through article number six. So that means that we've got thirteen more to go. So either I, maybe maybe two more episodes and we can cover this article. Uh, if you have any questions, feel free to send us an email at the redeemed podcast at hotmail dot com, and we'll. We'll read those questions. We'll try and find an answer in the Bible, and then we'll we can answer that uh, to you in this way. So, uh, God bless. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. You guys have a good day. Yep. Thanks See for you tuning next time. in.